Hello and welcome to episode three of our latest series of The Eduvators. We're focusing this series on inclusion and uh, what that really means for well-being and how everybody can have a success path in education. I'm really delighted today to be focusing on esports, which we feel that Full Circle Education is, is a really fantastic way to deliver success for all. And I'm delighted to be welcoming Professor Bobby Fletcher. Professor Fletcher has over 20 years of experience in games education and is seen as a leading light in the esports and gaming sector. Formerly as head of Department for Games and Visual Effects at Staffordshire University, Professor Fletcher made a significant contribution to the university's academic portfolio and reputation as a leading digital university. This really is in no small part due to the vision and the development of vibrant games undergraduate and postgraduate portfolios, which he has led from inception to become a department of 2,000 game students. Expanding on the success, she created the first dedicated esports degree in the UK. This trailblazing degree has created a, a new area of study within the UK higher education and further education ecosystems. With a leading voice in the emerging field in esports research, she is a member of the Esports Research Network, ERN, and is the founder of the Esports Teachers and Lecturers Network, ETALNET, bringing the community of esports educators together with each other and industry. Professor Fletcher will also play a leading role in the International Centre for Esports Research. Over the years as a leader in research and industry engagement, she has been project lead on several successful research, research and innovation bids totaling £5.4 million. In addition, she's well known within the games technology sector and has won numerous awards over the years for excellence and industry initiatives. And in 2022, was shortlisted for the MCV Develop Women in Games Awards in the category of Educational Impact. Wow, Bobby, congratulations on all your achievements. Thank you very much. It's been it's been an interesting 20 years. <laughs> it goes so quickly, doesn't it? I know. It does. Where did my last 22 years go to? And tell us about your current role and, and where you're at. So currently I'm at the College of Esports in London, which is the first dedicated degree level institution for esports. And I'm the academic director there. I was contacted via LinkedIn, actually, about this role. Professor Philip Wilson contacted me by LinkedIn. Um, we made contact. We got chatting about his vision of the College of Esports and what he saw it to be. And he convinced me to take the role. He convinced me to, to go for the role. And yeah, I mean, I, I loved his vision. I loved the, the way he was so, talked so passionately about students, about the idea of the tri-curriculum that the College of Esports has. And so we've embarked in this journey, uh, myself, Philip Wilson and David Thompson, to start this uh, College of Esports at the Vela Park in London. And, and the, what a fantastic venue. What a great kind of innovative space to be using, I should imagine. Yeah, really it's great. Amazing. So how is that? Well, I'm going to go and look at that. So I can't, we can't obviously describe it over the podcast, but it would be great. I know you've got kind of a video that's online that everyone can look at. So maybe we'll put a link into that at the end of this podcast. So you mentioned the tri-curriculum and could you just explain a little bit more about that, because the College of Esports offers a programme for schools and it also offers follow on education in terms of BA honours degrees in esports too. So, so what do you mean by tri-curriculum and, and where do you see that in, in the education system and why is it important, do you think? So the, the tri-curriculum doesn't just look at students from an academic point of view. So what a lot of universities do mm. is they just look at the academic side of it, the modules or units that the, the students actually take um, and, and the assessments they do for those units. So we have 
part of the tri-curriculum. One part is the academic side of it. It is getting the degree. It is though getting those transferable skills. We got we've got units in marketing. We've got units in digital media, high performance sport, lots of different different units which make up the academic qualification of a degree. And we have uh, five degrees on offer at the moment. We have international esports business, international esports business with events management, international esports business with digital media international esports management with digital marketing and we have esports coaching and management so those five courses are the offering at the moment at the college of esports that's the academic offering but one one thing that's really important about college of esports is that we actually look at the the whole person as well the whole student so we're looking to make resilient students because we feel that in a competitive world of going out there and, and getting a job and the job that they really, really want, they have to be very, very resilient human beings. And it's and it's good to develop resilience mm. and as a as a way of life anyway. You know, there is a lot of mental health issues with younger people at the moment, lots of stress, partly due to uh, online being online and um, the communications the way people communicate online and uh, the way they make relationships as well. But also we've had a pandemic where young people's lives have been disrupted considerably. I've seen it in my own children and they've had to learn to cope. And I think we will start to see a wave of this, this effect of this pandemic coming through our students. I know after students went back on campus after the pandemic, there was a fear of coming back on campus. There was a fear of re-engaging. I think about 25% of students had this fear of coming back because they've been locked away for two years uh, effectively. So we're looking at resilience of students. We're looking at mentoring them. So part of it, the resilience is also mentoring. Uh, I was mentored in management in my last job because you're always learning. You're always having to learn new skills. You're having to look at people that have done what you're aiming to do and learning from them. So we have a mentoring scheme and a coaching scheme to coach people in difficult situations. So they can see situations from a different point of view and learn how to to cope with situations and not just cope, but succeed. So that's another part of it. And then we have the the third part, which is the, the world ready part. So the world ready part is where we have something called London Legion. So the London Legion is is actually a separate company, but it is owned by College of Esports. And part of London Legion is there's two branches to it, as it were. One branch is um, London Legion Esports teams. That's the competitive esports teams. And the aim of that is to become to to create semi-professional teams so students can actually compete at a semi-professional level and learn, understand coaching, understand management of teams, etc. And the other part is London Legion Esports TV. And that part is we'll be doing the digital media, broadcasting, looking at marketing and all that side of it. And then it all will be brought together, those two parts will be brought together by running events. So running esports events and broadcasting them via London Legion Esports TV. The way that we've structured the week is in the first part of the week, the first three days is the academic side of it, where they do their units and they do the academic study to get their degree. The the Thursday is where they have the coaching and the resilience training. And then on the Friday, we have London Legion Esports, London Legion Day, 
So London Legion Day mm-hmm. on the Friday mm-hmm. is where we have London Legion Esports TV and the um, the teams playing and the events going on. So that it's a very full week and it brings in all those three parts to sort of enhance what they do. So they'll be learning theory, et cetera, in the, the units and being able to practice them on the London Legion day on the Friday. And we like to think of that as being a, a day where they can actually try things out and fail in a safe environment. So, you know, if they try, they, they can be daring. They could try stuff out. Um, and if it doesn't work, it's not a disaster. It's, it's a place mm. where they can learn. It's a bit like a sandbox. You know, yeah. you learn from your mistakes. I mean, I've done events management before. And I tell you what, events management is one place where you learn from your mistakes. And you never learn to do the same mistake <laughs> twice. That, that's kind of how we, we're looking at it. And I, I think it's an incredibly powerful vision of of how education should be particularly vocational education as as we see sports to be so all that sounds amazing and my first degree was international business studies and it was quite academic it was very full-on as your courses and we had a year out in industry which was great but it didn't come until kind of the third year and you've done lots of academic and it would have been much better to have kind of weekly kind of introductions to business and meeting with different businesses and having experience on a weekly basis rather than waiting until the third year and and then going out. You have partnerships, I understand as well, with different organisations that will be supporting the students. We we do. I mean, some of them are are verbal, you know, contracts Mm -hmm. and uh, and some of them are are, uh, memorandums of understanding. So the whole point of of work experience is, and I I did exactly the same as you. Um, In my degree, I went out in my third year and I actually did a, a year long placement um, you can do that, but actually in esports, uh, it's it's more like you'll do some work here, some work there, and it's actually you know, maybe a, w- a week work here, two weeks work there, an event here, an event there, which actually makes much more sense, doesn't it? So what we're doing is we we've got um, a work placement um, scheme that uh, we have where it's actually recording these bits of work so it's actually adding up the different hours and looking at the different skills so they will come away with a list of all the the pieces of work that they've done and and in a portfolio so a list and all the portfolio of the examples of what they've done because when you go for a job interview it's easy for somebody to ask well have you done events management and Mm -hmm. you go yes show me show me what you've done Yeah. yeah you know give me an example show me Right from the beginning, we're looking at work experience, bits and bobs of work experience that they can put together in a portfolio. And we're building that exit pathway from right from the day that they come through the door. So they will have three years worth of building up a portfolio and understanding themselves exactly what they want to go into and what they don't want to go into. I've seen this with students before. It's they come in with a really you know, strong idea of what they want and then they, they experience something else. And they, it takes them down a different career path to what they thought they wanted when they first came through the door. And, it, you know, I think being able to guide them that way by getting them to experience lots of different things 
I think it's great for them for the future. So I was lucky enough, Bobby, to work with ICI in my kind of year off in my international business studies degree. And that was in Southern Africa, which is amazing. I understand that you also have kind of contacts in industry that you are going to be working with to deliver the, the more vocational aspects of your course. Yeah, we have lots of different industries, not just esports industries as well, but industries that have broadcasting backgrounds and sports backgrounds as well. Um, so both Philip and David actually created UCFB, which is the University College of Football Business. And that's what the business that Philip did before College of Esports. And he has lots of contacts within the sports broadcasting area, which has a very similar kind of setup to broadcasting that we would use in the digital media and in the London Legion Esports TV. So there's lots of contacts there. I have lots of contacts within the esports industry itself from events management and we have from large to small companies um, that we've been speaking to about lots of different aspects that the students can get involved with as part of their placements. Absolutely and and uh, I think that, that you mentioned the other day that you're focusing on interest-centred learning which I love that phrase which is you know essentially these students are getting a business degree or a, a, a a digital degree in digital marketing or media, but they're doing it through the lens of what they're passionate about. And actually, what is going to be one of the biggest world industries, if not already? Yeah. So if you look at the titles of the degrees that we have and just take the word esports out of it, you actually see what the degree is. So international business, international business with events management, international business with digital marketing, etc. That word esports is in there because the examples that we use, the case studies that we use, and the case studies that the students actually build for themselves is through the lens of esports. And that is the, the definition of interest-centered learning. You take the subject matter that interests the students, and it is the vehicle to teach those transferable skills that they can take with them into any line of digital media, any line of digital marketing. So they're getting a very worthwhile degree, but they're doing it through something that really, really interests them. And it's something that, I mean, interest-centered learning has been around for a while. It's becoming a lot more mainstream now. It used to be sort of like a, a, a thing that somebody did every now and then, you'd do a bit of interest-centered learning. But to have an entire set of degrees, which is based on interest-centered learning, I think we used the word passion before, based on yeah, a student's absolutely. passion. Then you get better engagement because they know that it's tailoring it to the language that they know and they hear and they love. So, yeah, it's passion. And it's giving permission to what has been seen, I guess, in many areas as kind of Mickey Mouse, not really something that's academic, that basically kids do it in the bedroom and it is what uses it anyway because it's screen time, they should be reading. But really in the real world, I always cite my daughter who is moving now to Team USA, but was at the, the Boston Celtics esports team. And the amount of business experience she got in the in the four or five years that she was there was, was phenomenal. And it has a huge following and a bigger following than the action, actual Boston Celtics team. So it's a very, very important industry for everybody to understand. And if you can do that through your passion, which we all hope to do in life, which is follow our passion, because that enables us to be successful, then there surely can't be anything that's better for well-being and for inclusion to include your passion and to feel it's okay to learn other skills through the passion that you have. Now, I have a question about moving, transitioning from school 
to your college? Because I know some schools or quite a few state schools now are doing esports. There's there's a few pioneers in esports in the independent sector. I know DLD College are introducing their own esports program. How are you kind of connected to the school world and how do you ensure that transition? Because sometimes it's difficult for BTEC students, if they're doing BTEC esports, to move into the world of studying for a degree. What have you put in place or what are you hoping to put in place to support schools in that and students in that transition? Yeah, so so we've got a whole programme of things to include schools. We tend to have a raft of resources to help schools out, but we also have developed with sports leadership qualification, we've actually developed an esports leadership qualification. And that's uh, at level three that can be done within schools. And it has 16 UCAS points associated with it. So students can be studying um, a, a BTEC in esports. They could be studying A-level in, in business or, or, or whatever. And alongside that, if their school is a participating school, they can be doing this esports leadership qualification, which carries UCAS points with it, which might even, in fact, you know, tip them over to have enough UCAS points to, to go to the university they want to go to or the college that they want to go to. And we're developing that at the moment. Um, it's it's in full swing. It should be ready to go. So schools and colleges can be taking it in September. We are looking for, for people, um, schools, colleges to actually be a, a pilot for it. Just briefly, it consists of uh, seven different units. So the, the units that we have is uh, we start off with um, developing leadership skills and then we go on to understanding ecosystems for esports. Then we look at online safety, ethics and current issues in esports leadership, health and well-being for esports players, then create, grow and manage your own esports community, plan, lead and evaluate progressive series of esports activities. And the final unit is improve playability to participate in esports activities. And there's a lot of well-being elements there, aren't there? I mean, if you kind of look at that, it's supporting success for, for students and getting them to understand the well-being issues in today's current world that we live in. So that's one of the, the things that is starting to come to the forefront is understanding welfare of players and that could be grassroots players that that's as you say young people in their bedrooms but it also can be semi-pro to pro yeah. players in esports because it hadn't been acknowledged before that there was a, a health and well-being issue mm. as you said it's just kids playing computer games right but there is a lot of issues around it and and that ties in with the online safety side of it because we look at the toxicity that goes on online we look at the bullying that goes on and even the cheating that goes on is gambling that happens as well. And we don't want our, our young people to end up in a, a cycle of mm -hmm. gambling. So it looks at all those different things and understands students' interactions, interpersonal interactions through the medium of esports. And as any esports player will tell you, different communities within esports have different norms and some mm -hmm games have really really toxic environments and quite often female students will actually steer clear of those because of the toxicity yeah. and so uh, we're looking at all that our aim ultimately is to produce graduates from schools to the colleges and universities to graduates in the industry who actually recognize that the behavior happening within esports at the moment is not acceptable and it needs to change 
there are loads of people trying to drive this change, but if we can bring out graduates with this whole philosophy of where their norms are set at good ethical behavior online, I think we can get rid of quite a lot of the the well-being issues or toxicity issues around some of the communities in esports. I mean, not all the communities are like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it also offers that that inclusion element where you can use your skills and your passion for esports to achieve academic success and achieve success in life because you are learning practical skills as well at the same time and I think that we probably need to move away from this idea of what success looks like and that's what you know full circle we're very much involved in supporting schools in seeing different routes to success and different ways of organizing success for all students that also supports their well-being so this program you know having looked at it and, and gone through it with you absolutely is incredibly inclusive it gives success opportunities to those who may not have had them before it also gives kind of a a window into an aspirational world that they can join when they either leave kind of school or when they leave the degree program at the end absolutely i mean if they don't want to go on to university not everybody does they can actually take this esports leadership qualification with them as a qualification as a level three qualification which is honed towards esports and that I think would look great on on somebody's CV if they're going to go straight into the the work environment as opposed to into further higher education. The stuff you're saying about schools and and how it affects students in schools. I actually did a a study with Digital Schoolhouse, UK Digital Schoolhouse, back in 2018. They run a schools and colleges esports tournament every year and they have Oh, over 3,000 students actually competing in these tournaments. And they have the these uh, regional finals and then they have the semifinals and then the, finally the finals in London. And in 2018, I actually was asked to, to join their tournament and I do some research on the students. And what we were looking at is, does participating in esports create positive behavioural changes in young players that will translate into behaviour modification in other aspects of their lives? was one question. And the second question Mm -hmm. was, does participating in esports influence the career paths and STEM interests of young players? And these are all, and these were 12 to 19 year olds that that we were dealing with. And so for the first part, we found the conclusions were that all transferable skills increased, but but most markedly were communications where 74% of students felt their communication transferable skills had improved by playing in this esports tournament. And 80% of students thought their team working ability had actually improved. Within, we also looked at interpersonal interactions and friendships. 67% of the students felt that their, fr- their friendship bonds actually grew over the course of the tournament. And 94% said their friendships were maintained or grew during the, the competition. And another thing that this was really quite interesting, it led on to another study later on, but we weren't quite expecting this. So 80% of students that actually competed in the tournament said their interest in participating in other team sports, not not games, team sports. Yeah. So that translated over into physical exercise. 80% actually believed that they wanted to participate now in team sports. Yeah, so we, we did a, a further study on that, looking at, at sport. And we did find that actually playing computer games, playing esports was actually done by 
all types of, of students. There wasn't active students and inactive students. All of them played esports. It just shows that, you know, the power that has that perhaps in a classroom or even on a sports field, you wouldn't get the opportunity. So that ties in really, really well with the World Economic Forum research into the skills that are needed for success in the 21st century and in our fourth industrial revolution, which is collaboration, communication, critical thinking, self-awareness. And it's to me, a mystery why more schools aren't looking at esports. And, and what do you hope the future for esports in education will be? I mean, we've already covered in this series, if people want to learn more, Matt Tompkins at First Point Gems in Dubai, who has exactly the same kind of philosophy as you to the tri curriculum and, and also to Brian Rogov at Excel Academy in Singapore. What, what do you hope will be kind of the, the ecosystem or the, the focus for esports in education moving forward? Oh, that's a, that's a big question, isn't it? Because we don't, we don't know from year to year what's going to happen in esports. Yeah. It's a very, very fluid industry. But I think one of the, the first hurdles for esport education that we need to get over is that we need to be accepted by esports industry. And currently, mm-hmm. I don't think we are. You, you, you see a lot of stuff uh, online that basically says, why do you need a degree in esports to you know, go into the esports industry. I didn't have one. I did this. I did that. I had all this back in, in 2004 when I wrote my first games design degree. Back then, the games industry was like, no, we don't, we don't need, we don't need um, people to have degrees in games to you know, create games. All they need to do is be able to program. And that now has completely changed. Esports, uh, I think, would go the same way. So if you look at the games industry now, Something like 84% of the games industry people creating games actually have a degree. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of those are in named games design, games art, games programming, games development degrees. And that has changed in the last sort of 18 years. There was a bit of a shift, I think, about, I said about eight years ago when the real acceptance came that actually these are these are producing graduates that we really need and games companies were lining up at the door to get the best graduates and they were lining up earlier and earlier before these these graduates had even graduated you know we they were graduating in the July and we were having the door knocked in the January can you save as your best students to come and work for us I think for esports education I think the acceptance from the industry has got to come first of all and then it, we can we can sort of like trickle that backwards from you know from graduates through to colleges and then into schools to understand the best path for that yeah the the best way but that that's the biggest hurdle in the near future I think also we have to have people that understand that esports is huge as well Mm -hmm. currently we don't I think if I speak to my children they know how huge it is, yeah, but they yeah, can't yeah. articulate how huge it is to um, people who, the decision-making people. The decision-making people still think on a very traditional level. They've just about maybe understood games, but they haven't understood the phenomenon of esports. And the games industry and the esports industry are actually two different industries. The only link they have is the game that they play and the design and the mechanics of the game that they play. The games industry is very much about creating a product, whereas the esports industry is entertainment. It's about producing a show effectively. Mm. And all the, you know, all the marketing and yeah. media that goes around 
there. So that shouldn't be confused. They are coupled, but uncoupled. Yeah. I mean, one is more like the business model, isn't it? You're creating a business in the entertainment world. And the other one is you're, you're creating a product, as you say, in entertainment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bobby, I mean, I'm really excited to um, come and visit. I'm hoping to come and visit fairly soon down to what was the velodrome and is now the College of Esports in E20, which sounds absolutely amazing. And if schools want to get in touch with you and say that they'd be interested in piloting your leadership in esports a level three what should they do they should contact me with uh, my email address b.fletcher at college of esports.ac.uk and just drop me a line either that or they should go onto linkedin and look for etlnet network and request to join etlnet esports teachers and lecturers network e-t-a-l-n-e-t and and there's a community of like over 80 lecturers and teachers in esports they can go in there and uh, introduce themselves or, or join and, uh, and I'll introduce myself to them. We will actually have a, an expression of interest form. I don't have that at the moment, but once I get okay, people okay. emailing me, I can send them an expression of interest form detailing exactly what that would entail to be part of the pilot. Great. Well, it sounds so exciting and it's absolutely where we can make success happen for so many more students and thank you Bobby so much for giving us your time this morning and really really excited to see the future of esports in the UK thank you thank you that's it for another insightful episode with Angela Fairs from Full Circle and thank you for listening to get in touch with Angela check out her website it's fullcircle-education.co.uk Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.